You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Hello. And I want to take a minute this week to enlighten and enrich our listening audience, those of you who are PC users. Thank God. Uh, you know that I, I had a meltdown with my computer mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. And so I built a new one. Mm. And I want to talk about it a little bit. Okay. Uh, because we have some PC users out there. A few. And uh, I want to tell you that if you're thinking about getting a new computer and you need a new computer for doing all your work. and Bure will build it for you. Just, no, just no, send no. an email at Bure. At no, no, no. No. But I'm telling you, if you want to build it yourself, it is not nearly as hard as you think it is. It's so much easier than yeah. it used to be, too. Well, you're a geek guy. You were a geek squad. You did all that stuff. Yeah, for right? So you you know how to do it, yeah. right? I did it when it was hard. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> you know there's a website now called uh, PC Part Picker? Right. Okay, this thing is the bomb. This, this It's great. Okay, basically, it's an aggregate. They pull all the prices on all the parts from all the websites in. So you can go in and say, I need this sort of thing, and it will give you every website what like they this sell. this much for. memory. You can need everything you want, every, every part that you want to pick. That you for your for your PC, but the hardest part of building a PC is figuring out what to put in it. Mm. Right, you got you got to buy a case, and then you got to figure out what motherboard, and you got to figure out what, what what processor do you want, and what graphics yeah. card do you Solid want, Solid state and or serial ATA. Th- yeah, there's all that stuff, right? So here's what's great: not only do they do this, where they make it easy to find the parts, but they also do builds. So they're like, okay, so um, you want to build? I like I'm a gamer, so mm. I want a computer that was going to be able to handle virtual reality because I think in the next year or two I may be going to VR. Mm-hmm. So I wanted that. Any, and any gate rig that can handle that can certainly handle Photoshop. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll okay. buy that. I'll buy that. Because you've got to have, you, you know. So anyway, one of the rig that, so they'll have like, oh, the enthusiast gaming rig, the, the you know, middle of the line gaming rig. And then they had the gamer and graphics rig. I'm like, what? So I go look and they're like, we designed this rig based on the idea that you're a gamer who likes to game a lot. But you also like to stream video of your games or do a lot of graphics work or, 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 or edit video, which requires more processing power and more memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is what this rig is designed around. And here's, why we, here's what we did. We upgraded the RAM to give you more RAM. We did this. We did that. And I'm like, that sounds perfect for me. Mm-hmm. I know you're falling asleep. <laughs> but Keep anyone going. who owns a PC and can't get it to start or, has, or is thinking about it because it's expensive. Right, yeah. So you go there, you find, and that's what I want. And then right there is the complete breakdown. All you have to do is click buy, 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 buy. And it go, takes you to those websites. He buys the parts. The parts come to you. And in many cases, there is a step walkthrough video of putting the actual machine together. And that's cool. So all the parts arrive from Newegg in one day. I put them all out on the table. I open them and follow the video step by step and put the whole machine together in about maybe two hours, maybe two and a half hours. I saved $1,000. Yeah, wow. $1,000. That's significant. That's why I'm bringing it up. That's why I wanted to talk about there it. There it is. We're not talking, like, about, we're not talking about just, is. oh, I'm a geek who likes to build computers. Believe me, I'd rather just buy it off the shelf. But $1,000. I built the whole rig for about $1,500, $1,600. Here's what it's got. 36 gig of RAM. That's a lot. A one terabyte solid state drive. That's a lot. A four terabyte hard drive, mm-hmm. which is where I keep all my files. Mm-hmm. Uh, top of the line graphics card. Top of the line um, uh, case. Uh, foot cooled fans. LED lights. 
Everything. Yeah, yeah. It's and fog, I, fog machine. And I built the whole thing for like $1,500. It comes with its only tiny yeah. little DJ that just plays music and all the time. And it's blazingly fast. And a solid-state hard drive is the bomb. And then in eight months, it'll run like the turd you just got rid of. I hope not. That's that's Windows, baby. I'm trying very hard. Like That's why I got the, I'm, I'm putting programs on the solid-state drive, but all the other stuff goes on the hard drive. Right, yeah. All the files and stuff go over on it, the hard the, drive. The equipment's solid. It's I, I See, I'm not that familiar. If you're on Windows 10, I don't know if you're on Windows 10 with yeah. this machine, but like... You know the the Windows system, the way that it's put together is it just slows down so much over time, just not doing anything wrong. Even it just starts to get junked up, and that's right. Eventually, I got tired of getting a new computer every, you know, every twelve to eighteen months, just because I just have to reformat and da 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 da. da right. Da. So well, that's one of the things that I've never done that so many people who are big computer guys do do is every said, once in a while. Every once in a while, they're like, well, you just need to do a clean install of Windows. And you're like, oh, start over? Yeah. If I'm doing that, I want a new computer. But you know what? But I, when you do that, it takes a, a day of your life to, right. do, to back everything up, re- wipe it clean, reinstall it. But it, then it runs like new again. So. Well, but now they've got it where Windows has got it now where if you want to do a clean install of Windows, it'll do a clean install but keep all your files. Oh, yeah? Whereas it used to be, it was like, back everything up, do a clean install. Reload all your programs. Right. I'm not so sure now that you can't do a clean install where you don't have to. That can't be possible. No, well, it will, um, you know, you can reinstall the operating system or do a repair install on the operating system. There's a lot that you can do. Like, it's a lot better than it used to be. In fact, when they came out with Windows 7, the biggest thing when you build your own computer is put, getting all these pieces of hardware you put into your machine and getting the drivers. And if you're not familiar, drivers are the basically the drivers are the pieces of software that teach that individual piece of hardware how to talk to Windows. Right. And so if you don't have the right driver for each piece of hardware, it, Windows isn't going to know what that graphics card is. It's not going to know. You know what I mean? So right. um, where Windows 7 got to the point where you could put Windows 7 on a just a completely blank machine, and it would identify all of the hardware and then go you. and get the correct drivers yeah, I and download tell you, install. I didn't have a single Huge. problem no. with Windows 10. I got Once I got it up and running, I just plugged everything in and it all worked fine. Yeah, it's, I it, didn't have to download. In this, I, I, I mean, I had to download a little bit of software yeah, for some things, like the software for my my uh, scanner, right. you know, things like that. But it everything it's worked crazily better than it used yeah, to be. so much easier. Yeah. The only thing I had a problem with, which I thought was going to be a nightmare and turned out not to be a nightmare, was Porn. the Wacom tablet. Oh, the Wacom tablet. The Wacom tablet. Okay. Because on my old computer, I had to like do a, a jury rig workaround to even get it to work. Do you and have an old one? My old, my old, ta- my tablet's older. Mm-hmm. And on my old computer, it was a big problem. But on the new one, um, I thought, well, here we go again. And I couldn't get it to work. And I tried to work around and it still wouldn't work. And so finally, I wrote to walk and I'm like, okay, so do I just have to get a new tablet because you guys aren't supporting this anymore? And the guy wrote back and he was like, um, yeah, uninstall the driver, reboot, reinstall the driver, plug in the tablet. And I did it and it worked fine. <laughs> I just did it in the wrong order. Yeah, I, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And it works yeah. fine. Yeah. But here's the other thing that, here's the, here's the other problem I've, I've, I've come up against now that it's kind of pro select. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, your sales and viewing. Yeah. And, and so my pro select version is like, Eight years old. Mm-hmm. And I have it on my computer and I have it on my laptop, which is the laptop is what I use for projecting to for clients. Mm-hmm. Well, the version on the computer now, I need to download and reinstall. Well, I can't because you can't get the old version anymore. Okay. So now I'm like, okay, I could still take my files, plug them into my laptop, upload everything to ProSelect that I have there and show them that way. That's fine. But what I liked in the past was being able to just do everything in ProSelect on my computer and then just access it from my laptop. Right. So I'm losing ProSelect on my computer now unless I want to buy the new ProSelect. And the new ProSelect is expensive, How much Gary. is it? It's close to $500. 
That's not insignificant. It's like thirty bucks a month if you want to lease it. Oh yeah, yeah. But you can buy it outright for five hundred yeah, bucks or something. Which I would buy it because it, look, it's. A, I mean, the thing they say about ProSelect, and again, I've I've never used it in my life. Right. Um. But the thing they do say about ProSelect is that you know your first sale using ProSelect will pay for ProSelect. Yeah, but see, I don't really do a lot. I don't do portrait a lot of portrait sales in that vein. For me, it's more about showing showing my wedding clients their wedding and and um. There are plenty of alternatives as far as stuff that you could use to do projection sales without ProSelect. What would you suggest? Any idea off the top of your head? Um, I actually use, um, I just use freaking Bridge or Lightroom. Like you know, br- yeah, just bring it up and show it in Bridge, and yeah. you can you can tag everything that yep. way. And yep, it's not quite as fancy. The cool thing with some of the sales softwares like ProSelect and others that are similar is that you can actually show what that would look like. On their wall. Right, on their wall. So there's there's some really, really cool advantages. But, you know, in lieu of having those few extras, which can be significantly, you know, a boon to your sales, I guess. I, um, you know, if you just want to show the photos and then you've got comparable size prints. I mean, with the right amount of legwork ahead of time, you can easily... Like when we do portrait sales, we'll have them take pictures of the rooms in their house where they want to and measure stuff. So we know already what we want to sell them when they come in for their sales session. Right. And so, you know, that's... You know, you don't necessarily have to have a software that does it all in one place. It is expensive for a reason, you know, so. Well, the one of the features when you talked about that that's so cool, I know people who use this, is you can tell people, take a picture of your living room wall and hold this ruler on right. the wall when you take it. And then, the and then in ProSelect, right. you just go in and go, you know, to highlight the ruler and say, that's a foot. And then ProSelect will be able to size the prints and put them on that wall in that picture exactly to the correct size, and they can really pick it but, up. But, you know, the bottom line is here, I think that it's mm-hmm. frustrating when you bought a piece of software, and just after a few years, it's, like, useless now. Yes. It's like, I bought this. Why can't I download the old version? I don't know. <laughs> you know? They, well, you know, the last time this happened, you could still get the legacy version on their website, well, but now they don't the, even have it there what anymore. What is the reasonable amount of time for a software company to say, we're not going to support that anymore? And the thing is, I don't want them to support it. I just want them to give me the, give me my software. But then they still have to make that software compatible with the newest version of the operating system. That's true. And so that means that they have to pay money or spend time on making it work with that or create some kind of workaround so that will or some kind of legacy version or... I don't know, maybe three versions of Windows. Three versions. After three of- versions of Windows... You have to buy it again? So, like, if somebody is really, they just upgraded from Windows ME to, right. <laughs> to Windows 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Windows like, ME. my version of Flight Simulator doesn't work on anymore. Yeah, you know? there has, I guess you're right. I mean, there, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not really mad at them for it because I've had the program for eight years. Did and you I get understand. your money's worth out of the program? Yeah. It's yeah. not like Quicken. Quicken wants you to upgrade every friggin' year. Yeah, that like, is. Leave me alone, Quicken. People are, a lot of people get really angry about the subscription-based leasing of software, you know? And I right. think that, like, you know, Adobe did it with Photoshop. Here's the thing that makes me mad. Microsoft has done it with Office. Yes. Which is so irritating well, to I me. Well, I hate Office anyway. Yeah, Office I don't is- have any... I, and there's nothing worse than somebody who sends me... A, sends, oh, I'll send you a document. They send it to you in Office. People, people, people. PDF. Anytime you send a document to anyone, it goes in a PDF. Yeah. Or it goes on Google Drive, in which case we can all just log in and use Google's stuff. Dude, I had my first experience organizing um, an event with using Google Docs. It's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. The, uh, you, now you're talking about the spreadsheet that you had to put together yeah, yeah. for the PPA Charities event. Yeah, yeah. And now huge. every single person involved could just go in and add to the spreadsheet. So awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, so. I, I refuse to use uh, Microsoft Office. Yeah, I, you know, it is a big festering turd of a program. It is. And it slows your computer down, and it's a monster, and it's a mess. And there are free alternatives. What's the one that... Uh, Open Office. Open Office. Open, yeah, Office. Open Office is phenomenal. Yeah. And I even like the, um, 
I think that the Apple still sells its uh, its equivalents like Pages and stuff like that. I think they're like twenty bucks for each program. It's super reasonable, and yeah. it's, and they're really really good. I think they you know, and they can save in Office format for people who are you well, know. you know, they, the the millennials. They want everybody. Go. Everybody wants there it. No, 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 Every, no. Go. I'm on their side. Everyone wants everything to be free right. now, and I don't agree with that. But there are some basic things that I think we just need to go ahead and make pretty much free and easy for How everybody. About a dang word processor. And one of them is word processor. Yeah. How about a word processor? Let's make that yeah. free and easy. Speaking of free and easy, the man who paid money for WinZip. We all know your bona fides. Yeah, it's all built into yeah, it's yeah, built okay. into Windows 10 now. Oh, is it? Yes. When I download, I don't download a file from Dropbox and it's zipped. And then when you go to look, you just click on it in Windows 10. It shows you what's in the zip file. And then you have to actually say, I want to extract it. We have a client. Like, we're using uh, Pixie Set, which I've talked about on the show before, for our galleries and client image delivery. And they have a really easy, like, one-click download to download all the images as a zip file. And we had uh, the, client, <laughs> the client download the image and then send us an email back. It's like, wait, so now i got to buy WinZip just so I can get to my pictures? I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a conspiracy, you yeah. moron. <laughs> like, what is the matter with you? It's, you download the program and it's free and you right-click and you're like, I don't understand how people freaking survive yes. in the world. I have no idea. Yeah. But, of course, we're like, oh, no problem. Let's just, uh, in, uh, let's just enable individual file downloads so you can just download all 40 files individually. Like, Well, Microsoft now killing WinZip, and in that same uh, tone, let's talk about Instagram doing everything they can to kill Snapchat. Oh yeah, we well, I I've been using uh, Stories since they started, and it's getting really cool. Like it's the what what's becoming? It's kind of all joining together into this. Like I think Facebook has done a really good job of staying on top. First of all, they're the longest. Facebook killed, by the way, Facebook killed Periscope. Yeah. quick. I mean, Periscope came out was popular for like a week, and then Facebook stomped on it. Yeah, like oh yeah, hell no. Like and you know what? It's not even. I'm not even mad at it because. Facebook is a really good platform. You know, it really honestly yeah. is. And it offers you a lot of stuff for free. I mean, they're stealing all your information and selling it to businesses, but whatever. I don't care. It's totally fine. I really don't care. I, I, I'm i perfectly happy with you serving up ads that I might like to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, like most of the suggested posts are something that I'm, I'm mildly interested in, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, I think that uh, the Instagram, is, which was when it first came out to me, it was such a useless turd. Like I hated Instagram and now it's really useful. Really? Um, because basically it was like, here's a picture, here's a picture, right. here's a picture, here's a picture. And it's like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. <laughs> and now it's like, you can actually, what's really cool is I follow all these photographers who I like and all these people who I'm friends with. And then when they're using stories, it's cool to get to kind of follow along with their day. And I don't have to, and I love the added functionality because now I don't have to like add another form of social media that I'm not already doing. I, so it's one of the reasons why I'm really cautious in jumping on new social media platforms is because... You just got to kind of wait to see if Facebook's going to kill it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like, is Facebook going to murder this one? And I think that even now... Facebook, or buy it. Yeah. You know, Facebook Live Video is actually even going to be adding... They did for Halloween as a temporary run. And you'll see this coming year, they're going to be adding, um, like, filters, just like Snapchat, with the goofy stuff on your face. And, you and can, let's not forget, Facebook owns Instagram. Right. Yeah. yeah. I ran a Facebook ad recently, and um, it, it's actually joint. You can run a Facebook ad and an Instagram ad on the same thing at the same time. Like, it's all connected together. Oh, so it's pretty cool. taking over the world. I'm telling you. It's the you, robot uprising, Gary. Dude, it's Skynet. 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 Here yeah. we go. Like, our, our, our uh, robot overlords. Yeah, I don't know about the stories thing on Instagram. I've used it a little bit. Um, I, I like it a lot, actually. I, I don't like that you... I mean, I'm not a big liker. 
I'm not. You know, I don't have to click everything I see or whatever. You are damn stingy with those lines. Well, I just I'm like, oh, I saw it. Do I need to really tell you that I saw it? Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, yes, please, <laughs> do, yes. yes, please, uh, oh yeah. God, yes. Um, but um, but on the stories, I don't like that you can't comment because uh, sometimes someone will have a story, and I will want to say, hey, you know, make a comment or ask a question, and you can't. That it's well, you can. You can, you send a message directly to the person, right? But I want it on the thing. I want. I'm we're I'm, we're we're so now died in to the idea that that there's a comment section on everything in our right. life. Well, give it. You know, let them fine tune it, and it's not what the what the platform was intended for. You know, everything that they're doing, they're like going, okay, I guess we can shoehorn this into the platform. Right. But I think they've done a really good job of making it like integrate pretty well into the into the user interface on the software. Like I'm pretty stoked about like I really like it. I like following my friends on it and I, I follow a lot of other photographers. What's really cool is it has changed the way I use Instagram because my main Instagram feed used to be posting behind the scenes of photo shoots. Right. And um, what is really interesting about that is that now I'm posting more finished work and the behind yeah. the scenes stuff is going on the my stories. Yeah, see, that's me. I've gotten to, on Instagram. I, if you look at past feeds, there was more family stuff. And, and now my Instagram feed is almost always just finished work. Well, I really like the idea that, or I, I advocate very strongly for the idea that social media platforms should all have a different voice. So if you're on Facebook and you're on Instagram and you're on Snapchat and you're on Twitter, you should not post the same content in all those places because it gives nobody an incentive to follow you in multiple places. Right. So, like, we use the exception our... for me is I will post something on Facebook that I also posted on Twitter because no one's on Twitter. Yeah, because no one cares <laughs> <laughs> except for Donald Trump. Nobody cares. Yeah, there's only a few people, yeah. the people who follow me on Twitter are not people who follow me on Facebook. Right. So, yeah. So, um, what, what's cool is that built in now into Instagram Stories, instead of having like the my behind the scenes on Instagram and then my you know, finished work on Facebook. Facebook now has a completely different voice. We're posting content for my clients, blog articles and interesting stuff. And that's become almost a news feed for my clients. Whereas Instagram now is finished work. And if you want to see, you can put like, and watch my story to see the behind the scenes of this photo shoot. And so it's all built into one platform. So it's actually expanded what I'm able to do with social media without actually adding a whole new social media platform to it. So it's pretty cool. It's a little bit much though. I mean, it's to the point now where okay, uh, got a wedding. Okay, got to get got to get some stuff on the blog. Got to get some stuff on my blog for right. my website because that helps with SEO. Then I've got to get some stuff on Instagram over the next two or three days, and I got to get some stuff on my Facebook business page, and I need to get some stuff in Pro Photo Talk with Bure Perry gotcha. on Facebook. Yep. And the, it's just you know, and you don't want to cross pollinate either <clears throat> because there's nothing more annoying than going on face on on Instagram and seeing a picture from a friend of yours, and then going on Facebook Having and seeing the same picture from your friend, and then going to a, a group that you're in and he's posted it there. Like, I'm tired of looking at your stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, I mean, it's just, it's getting to be so much. But, here, but wait a minute, I want to, I want to mention this. Mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Then they just also add this week um, a groups thing that they didn't do before. Hmm, I don't yes, know. Yes, they did. Now, starting this week, and this is a Snapchat, this is like Snapchat. Now, you can go on Instagram, post something, and then send it to a group. So, you can select who sees it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Snapchat does that. Yes, and this is when I said they're killing Snapchat. Yeah, this is another example of them killing Snapchat because oh, yeah, that's what Snapchat it. does. You can say, oh, here's me, and I'm going to send this just to my parents or my or my whatever. Well, now you can do that on Instagram as well. I actually think that's really cool. Yeah. I dig it. Instagram groups. They just added it like in the last push. Yeah, they really just hate Snapchat. Well, I think they tried to buy it. Well, it's business. And I think Snapchat was like, we're not. yeah, it's not show friends. It's show business. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but if I got a company and uh, and Google... Or Facebook want to buy it? Okay, 
Yeah. You well, can. we have we haven't told you how much we want to pay. Well, really, do I have a choice? <laughs> Whatever you want to pay me is fine because well, I know that if I don't sell, you're going to crush. We're me. like, we'll give you twenty million dollars. Let's go. How about a billion? <laughs> and uh, and that's cool. Like yeah. whatever. There's nothing that I will build in my life that I would not sell you for a billion dollars. There's no. no. There's no business endeavor that no. I'm ever going to be involved in where for a billion dollars I wouldn't go. Yeah, sure, it's yours. Here, yeah, here, no problem. You want me to advertise for you too? Okay, you want me to just hang in and be the face of the no, business? I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm selling it, and then I'll go try and build something else that will stay out of your radar. Yeah, exactly. Because if it's in no, Google's no. or Facebook's radar, you're in trouble. You got to think that building something that these tech companies would. Draw, be drawn to is got to be the goal for a lot of these software developers. Oh, yeah. Like a lot, like photographers, I've heard photographers say, I just want to build my school and sports, my volume business up enough so that LifeTouch will want to buy it from me. I've heard right. that. And I don't even know if that's a thing that happens or not. But can you imagine developing, you're like, I just want to create a software that's going to become popular enough so that uh, so that Facebook is going to come to me and go, yeah, we'll give you uh, we'll give you $200 million for that. And I'll go, okay. Well, you know, I was reading about uh, a, great, a great article uh, this last week, which... Um, by the way, I can't recommend texture enough. Uh, texture is the best. Is is just <laughs> the best thing ever. This the is magazine. the magazine app. Oh, I just I read everything now. Every magazine <laughs> on the planet, I get to I I, I read. Um, because it's like Netflix for magazines. right? It's every magazine dang near on the planet. So you, what do you want to read? There they all are, and you can flip through, and it's great. Um, wh- who, what's the name of the guy who invented Photoshop? Um, John John. Uh, it's like a four or five syllable name. John Ball or John. Wait, what an incredible story this guy has. Let me open up Photoshop and start it up and see what. Oh, it, my computer starts too fast. He's, to read the names. He's, <laughs> he's a he's a young guy in California, a uh, young man, and he's all into model making. So his dad's got some work in Anaheim. He's going to go to Anaheim and go to Disney and stuff with his dad. So he calls Industrial Light and Magic. This is in the seventies, shortly after Star Wars, and talks him into letting him come in for a tour. He gets there. The guy's like, I had no idea. I was talking to a fifteen-year-old. Guys, you know. It, Gives him a tour, shows him the place, the model workshop and everything where they're making the rancors and, and for the for Star Wars and the whole nine yards. So then he decides, you know, I want to go where my where, where the Kings went. So he goes to uh, Caltech, which is where I guess I, I think it was Caltech, which is where Spielberg went and, and, and Lucas went. I could be totally wrong about that. Don't flame me for it. But he went to their school, gets out, gets a job at ILM. His first day on the job, he's working on the Dykestra cameras, which are the cameras that they invented to shoot the trench run during Star Wars. These right. are robotic cameras that enable them to over, overlay. And this is photography related. What they would do is they, they need a camera that would follow the model into the trench. And then they would need that same camera to follow that same exact tracking move on, say, the TIE fighter. To get a clean plate. Yeah, so they and, could and, they, and they, would, oh, they would superimpose and superimpose and superimpose. So he invented a robotic system that would allow the camera to reset back to one and do the exact same thing again. Right. Back in the days of double exposure when you couldn't just do it with uh, computer-generated Like you had to do it in camera almost. Right. <clears throat> so... So he gets to work with a doctor. He just loves this. His brother is working on his dissertation for school, and his dissertation is uh, is working in graphics with computers. So he starts working with his brother on that, and after a couple of weeks, he's like, you know, I think we could market this. So they go around and try and market to a couple of companies. Finally, Adobe bites and says, yeah, we'll, we'll take it. We'll, we'll license it. What do you call it? He said, we couldn't come up with a good name, so we Photoshop is what we decided to call it. Adobe licenses it for a few years and then buys it which for a undisclosed amount, but we can assume whatever it was, was it was not enough. Little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was, that guy got ripped off. Yeah, yeah. whatever it was, uh, it, was not, it was not enough. So then uh, they're, they're, they're knocking around at ILM or whatever. They want to do some computer graphics and, and, and other stuff. He's like, oh, I'll take a shot at that. So they hand it to the entire team that's going to work on this, 
Two weeks later, he comes in and goes, how about this? That team, two months later, still doesn't have a solution. So they go, okay, we're going to go with your thing. Well, that basically is the foundation for Pixar. That right. basically is the foundation for, for what we see now. And all they're going to be is this, once again, this guy, whose name we really should know. So well, look it up. Uh, and, Who yeah. invented Photoshop? And then... Thomas Knoll? I think that's him. Yes, Noel. Like a four, yeah, like, like I said, it's like a four-letter or five-letter last name. Photoshop so, was developed in 1987 by the American brothers Thomas and John there Knoll. There you go, and John who sold the brother. distribution license to Adobe Systems in 1988. Thomas Knoll, a PhD student at the University of Michigan, oh okay, began writing a program on his Macintosh Plus to display grayscale images on a monochrome display. And the picture Thomas, the first picture he manipulated was a picture of his girlfriend sitting in the water uh, in her bikini. And that picture is like in the Guinness Book of World Records for the uh, first photoshopped image ever, is that particular picture of her. Hmm. It's called like Sandy at the beach or whatever. And, and it was right before she dumped him. It yeah, was probably. terrible. He was crying and it was potato wipe salad. Right now, right now. Oh, is it? <laughs> then, then, still works for Pixar. Still works for Pixar. Uh, works for uh, ILM or whatever. Still works for Lucas. And um, they're working on, you know, they're talking about the new Star Wars movie. Yeah, and uh, he's uh, having lunch, you know, with some guys, and he's like, "I just keep, I just keep thinking about the original scroll, the original scroll in the first movie about how they had just achieved a, a, some victories against the Empire, and I think about Mon Mothma and what she said, and like, dude, you should talk to Kennedy, who's running uh, LucasArts now. She's in charge. You should of talk it. to Lucas you should Park. talk to Kennedy, and he was like, really, and like, yes, she'll, you know, she's she gonna take a meeting from you. You're a legend. Okay, so he calls her up, and she says, you know, come in and see me. He comes in the office, and he says. I know you guys are knocking around the idea of doing a, a movie that's like, you know, how Chewie and Han became friends and all that kind of stuff. But I really think if you just did a pure action-adventure film and it was about the Bothnians who got the plans for the original Death Star, I think that would be a good idea. Guess what? In two weeks, <laughs> that movie comes out. Yeah. Guess what? That's the new movie. I mean, this guy's life. I mean, the things that he's done along there. He invented Photoshop, and he's also responsible for the new Star Wars. He movie. literally just goes, "Hey, this would be cool," and it becomes a billion yeah. dollars. Yeah, yeah. And he worked on the very first, the very first computer graphics on film, which were a, a Steven Spielberg movie called Young Sherlock Holmes. There is a a uh, glass window in a church, which is stained glass, and there's a knight in the stained glass, and he pops out of the stained glass and gets into a fight with Sherlock Holmes. And it was the first use of computer-generated graphics in a movie. It sounds, one, that movie sounds terrible. Actually, it wasn't bad. And two, two um, I, I think I read that in the um, Entertainment Weekly, or no, Wired Magazine had a whole article yeah. about like, and the that, technical. But, and he was largely responsible for that. That's pretty So, wonderful. wow, Thomas Knoll, right? What a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really interesting And story. you couldn't even remember his name. I couldn't remember his name, which is rare for me. I never will forget old What's-His-Face. I usually never remember the names of obscure things like, you know. Mickey Dolenz of the you, you are terrible with names. Oh, I'm terrible with modern names, but I can tell you the names of... I can tell you Jellybean Benitez was the guy who remixed Sidewalk Talk for Madonna in 1985. <laughs> I can tell you that. Hey, by the way, speaking of names, speaking of names, we have a, a listener of the show, a friend of the show, if you will, who did something really cool for us. So if you listen back to a few episodes, I use a phrase that I got from Julie's cousin to describe guys who uh, wear bedazzled jeans and skull rings and yes. affliction t-shirts as Tommy Toughnuts, which... You know, I think the the parlance of our times, Billy Badass, would be a more popular version of it. But Another great band name, though. Tommy Toughnuts yeah. is a great band yeah. name. Um, so, I, you know, and I, I, just, I think I popped it into conversation. Anyway, so he took the trouble to go ahead and design a Tommy Toughnuts logo and, and, and sent it to us. So we've got that posted on the Facebook page, which is pretty cool. So. I thought, it's, bad, I just, and it's a really cool logo. So I want to give a, a shout out to Steven Statio for taking the time. Like, seriously, I want to say a couple things to you, Steven. One, um, 
you should be busier. Yeah, you, you should get a life. You get a life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and thank you for that beautiful illustration that you made for us. Also, <clears throat> get a life. Yeah, um, but really. thanks, man. No, it's really cool. I appreciate it. it I great. couldn't do that though. I mean, that wasn't free drawn. He must have just, just pulled some stuff together in Photoshop, clip art or something. I don't know. Speaking I don't know how of, that stuff is done. I take pictures. I don't design logos for I Tommy upload, Tough Nuts. I just downloaded the new Photoshop because I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't upgraded right. So, so when like I got the new five, computer set up, two thousand twenty fifteen point five or something like that. Have you uh, have you played around with the facial recognition features in Liquify? No, I have not. Is it crazy, dude? It's crazy. You go, you bring up a bring up a faces. Liquify, I, 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 a couple, a couple from a wedding. <clears throat> Liquify, it will recognize their faces, and it's like if you're a gamer, it's like when you're playing a game, and at the beginning of the game, you get to design your character, and, right. you, and you're like, and you're like, I want the bridge, I want the nose fatter or right. thinner. It's like that. It's just sliders. I'm like, you know what? Looking at that bride, if her chin was just a little bit shorter and her eyes were just a little bit bigger and her nose was a little bit higher. Then she would no longer look like herself. Yeah, but you can, I mean, but it, and it recognizes the face and makes all those adjustments for you. It's like a video game. It's like the machine uprising. Yeah. It's crazy. It's really, if, if you haven't net. gotten downloaded and updated to Photoshop CC, the latest one, go in, take a person's picture and open it in Liquify and look at the facial features. It's it's, it's almost scary. like what Portrait Professional does when you, yeah, exactly. You know, well, it's they're well, you know, here we go. They're killing Portrait Professional. Yeah, just like Facebook stomps on Snapchat, yeah, like they're going to kill Portrait Professional. But it, anytime any, it, it doesn't do facial, it doesn't do like facial. I don't. I didn't spend that much time with it, but it doesn't do like skin smoothing or stuff like that. It's really just about you know adjusting. Um, but we'll see. Man. Yeah, and they're going to build in a facial retail. You'll see that the, the easier they can make it, and the better they can make it. Anytime a third party software or a plugin comes out that does something significant in the next couple of versions you'll see it added to Photoshop you know like HDR and stuff like that you know what I can't figure out how to do in Photoshop I saw Jane Connor Zeiser do this and and I I think I looked I even googled it and couldn't find when you were working in Photoshop and I don't know what I don't even know what part of Photoshop you would be working on but she was showing how like uh, a model's arm like she wanted to bend it mm-hmm. and so a puppet warp tool okay she wanted I me mean, a clean, not not like, not like a warp. She just wanted to bend it. Puppet warp. Okay, yeah. but she put a pin. Puppet warp. Okay, she put a pin <coughs> in the elbow. Yeah, pup, puppet puppet warp. But even in puppet warp, I couldn't find the pin. It's just you click and it drops a pin. Okay. You have to cut. Well, basically, what you have to do is you have to extract your subject from the background. Okay. And then you can basically move them however you want, like. That's the best way to do it. Because you, you know what it looks like, like to me? It looks like the animations that you would see on Monty Python's Flying Circus, you know, where, where yeah. you, would, <laughs> you would just cut out the things and move them around? It was like that. Yeah, I'm actually, I don't even rightly remember where it is in Photoshop because I've used it so little. Because she would like, you know, oh, well, the fingers are wrong, so I'm just going to take this finger and move it down. Yep. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it was the p- placement of the pin that I couldn't figure out how to do. Yeah, I'm looking up Puppet Warp, uh, but, you know, it's in there somewhere. I'm going to write just, that down. Just Puppet it. Warp. Yeah. Something like that. I think that's what it's called, right? And where you put the pins in. You know what's a really cool uh, use for puppet? Because it wasn't in a typical place, as I remember. It's in like an odd place. But one of the things I like that you can do with Puppet Warp is you can actually really do some cool... If if you go into um, Edit and Puppet Warp, it says maybe it should be in there somewhere. Under the Edit menu. I'm not really sure. But the... um, No, probably not. Um, Let me look. You can actually edit fonts. So if you take a font and you like, uh, let's say it's, you, you know, the name of your company is like Miller's, for example. Okay. You can take the word, write out the word Miller's and then you can go back and you can puppet warp the M so you can make like the legs of the M a little longer and make it a little bendy. Oh, hey. It's a really cool way to take a font that's a very 
maybe a typical font and maybe change it up a little bit so that you, if you're writing a logo or doing some cool like font on a design, you can actually use a puppet work to puppet warp tool to change fonts around. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that it's a really cool. cool trick that I I saw that eight, when they first came out with the puppet warp tool online. I think I saw that, but it was like I thought it was a really really cool way to. Yeah, it's just under the edit menu, edit puppet warp, and then you can uh, you can do that. But the best way to really do it effectively is. It depends on the background and stuff. But, yeah, it's a pretty amazing stuff in Photoshop that you can do now. I noticed today you're wearing a T-shirt that is a photography T-shirt. Yeah, I actually, my friend Brandon got this for me. It's really cool. I wear it all the time now. One gets black and it hides my sweaty sweat stains. And uh, and it's it's actually like a focusing ring. That's yeah, I like cool. it because it's a sort of T-shirt that if you're not a photographer, you don't know what it is. Yeah, you just, you wouldn't look at it twice. But, you know, are you the type of guy who wears things that identify you? as something no not generally i'm very anti-bumper sticker yeah that's me i'm not i'm I'm very much just to give me a plain shirt but i tell you it's it's a very comfortable shirt and it was a gift and you know what i like it but that's a cool one it's so that one i could get away with no have you ever seen see here's the thing i would never wear that shirt to like a convention no no that's a shirt you wear around people who aren't photographers because they would get too much attention if you wore it at convention because then it becomes hey look at my shirt and then the next time you get to see somebody wearing the same dang shirt which you never get no, I think that um, I'm not a big fan of of the the whole bumper sticker like put show who you are all the yeah. time wearing on the outside like you know I'm a, I'm, I'm an open a, book enough yeah. as it is I don't really I'm need just to saying I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a hey I'm a Cowboys fan and I wear Cowboys yeah. stuff all the time and yeah. I'm just it's just not first me. of all I don't like to advertise for us for free like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no uh, I think that um, I think that it's fine but you know have you seen those uh, Facebook ads because you know we were talking before about targeted Facebook advertising. And it's usually stuff that you like. Do you ever get suggested custom clothing or or, clo- or clothes where it's like, hey, I'm a photographer, blah, blah, or the goofy yes. clothes and sweaters that just say yes. photographer on them? Yes. It's like, like these ads custom made for people who are photographers. And it's like, you know, I wouldn't wear that. No. You know? No, but there are people who will. Oh, there sure. are absolutely people. Well, I'm a photographer. I, I look, they got to wear the shirts that says I shoot people. Right. Yeah, you know, it's like I have to let everybody know that I play video games, so I wear the shirt with a Nintendo controller on yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's like... Yeah, you know, whatever. Teach his own. This is not my thing. If it's yeah. ironic, that's cool. I guess. Is, is irony so cool still? Is irony, is, it, well, is irony so cool? Like, you know, I mean, Ironically, you, yeah. irony is no longer cool. Like, if you wore a Star Wars shirt and it had the original Star Wars poster logo on it, that's vintage. That's kind of cool. Yeah, but you could get that at Target. They may- now see that's the problem. Isn't now you can you know it's not like what was it in the movie uh, in the movie uh, uh, High Fidelity when the guy grabs Jack Black and he's who's wearing like a Charlie's Angel shirt. He's like, this is vintage. This <laughs> 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 shirt is vintage. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the problem. Is that now they're marketing vintage. Right. Whereas it used to be, it would actually be cool yeah, if you were come, wearing a Dukes come, of Hazard shirt from 1980. They come pre-faded. Yeah, yeah. now they're pre-faded and crackly. So it looks like the the iron on is crackled. Hey, you know, whatever, you know, I don't care. I like the idea that you would have that shirt and it would actually be the shirt. Oh yeah, like an original like Led Zeppelin tour, sh- tour yeah, shirt. Yeah, but really cool. now now the now I don't know what's real and what's not. I don't know what's real, Gary, because we're living in a simulation. Right. Yeah, it's the machines have already taken over. Uh, I'm telling you, um, uh, next month they're coming out with a video game. And that what's well, a video game that's out, and they're converting it to virtual reality, and it may be the one that makes me pull the trigger. Leisure Suit Larry? No, no. Although that would work. <laughs> I would pull the trigger. <laughs> no, I've always said I've always said virtual with the virtual reality because virtual reality is out now, but there's just not a whole lot of great stuff. But that's going to change because uh, PlayStation is coming out with their virtual reality, so boom, mm-hmm. that's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've always said, and this is this such the geek in me, that when the day comes that I can put on a headset. 
and be standing inside of a dungeon in full armor and look to my left and my buddy Gary is standing there in his full armor dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and I'm like are you ready let's, let's walk into this next room and see what's there that's the day I buy that's the day where I'm like how much does it cost because I'm buying it and I don't care what it costs the day that I can go I can, I can be you know Far Cry or Tomb Raider yeah Right, yeah. this this studio we're in. You think this won't become a, a oh, hollow no. suite? <laughs> oh no, no, this is the holodeck, baby. This yeah. is the holodeck. I mean, that day. would be so cool. What's the uh, What's the game? What's the game that's, that's going to? Well, do it's for it's you? the first game I've seen that's coming out. That's a that's a first person hack and slash. Oh yeah. So it'll be really you know. So we'll see how it goes. But that's that's the first shot across the bow. When you start seeing things like Tomb Raider and Far Cry and Gears of War and and all the big games, you know, when those start coming into VR, well, that's it. Well, when you see, you know, I've, I've said this, I've said this for a long time. Give me a little Dungeons and Dragons, and you'll get me in. If I get to be in there, that's what I said. Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. it's all about Dungeons and Dragons. When I can put on my VR and look, and I'm in, you know, and I've got my bow and my daggers, and I look over there, and you're in full plate mail with your thing. You know, I have to see you, but I know it's you. And the next you is another friend of mine who's who looks like a hobbit and a thief, and we're gonna go and explore this dungeon. I'm not coming up for air. Nope, that's it. <laughs> I'm done. Bring me a bucket. Yeah, and, <laughs> give me something to take a crap in because I'm not leaving the room. <laughs> and a case of Mountain Dew. <laughs> that's right. Code red, please. Right. Code red. It has to be right? code red. I know, because it would be just so. It would be so cool. And 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 at my age, it would still be cool. I can only imagine how cool it would be. Because me and my friends talk about this all the time. <laughs> this would be your daughter, be Mac. You'd be like, Daddy, I'm getting married today. You're like, Go away. <laughs> I don't know how any of the geeks graduate high school now. No, I don't because know. if World of Warcraft had been out when I was 14, I never would have finished school. No, because I would have played it nonstop. And virtual reality, forget about it. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. Like. The, the, there's a great, uh, well, great. There's a book <laughs> called Ready Player One, which is actually be made into I've a movie. I've read it twice, and yeah. it's fantastic. And Spielberg's making the movie. Like, no, I think it's, I think it was good. I didn't, it didn't do it for me. Oh, I like, loved it. Like, like it did. Well, you're not, people. you didn't grow up in the 80s like I did. Dude, are you kidding me? I got every damn reference in that book. It just, you got get, it, but it's not the same as being in high school when Thriller was out. I just don't think it was that well written. Really? Like, the thing is, really? you were the nostalgia target. Really? You were the target of the yes. nostalgia yes, for that book. Yes, it was book. written specifically so, for me. Right, yeah. and so for me to be able to read it, I'm more objectively and go, it's a good book. It's right. not as good. Like, everything right, because it's not pulling little, the heartstrings. Everything was a little too convenient, and the story was a little too, you know, like, there was a lot of cool stuff in there, and the, con- the world building and the concept was phenomenal. Yes. But, like, the, the overall, like, the actual story itself was just not that compelling. But it was really cool to have all those references right. and stuff in there. Right. For me, the fact that it's, oh, it's Dungeons and Dragons, and then he had to play Joust. Yeah. And then he had to, you know, and, 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 and one of the whole things revolved around Rush's 2112 album. I mean, come on, of course, because if you're a geek in the 80s, you're a Rush fan. Well, this is, uh, if you haven't read the book, it's called Ready Player One. I forget who the heck Ready Player is. One. Yeah, it's a great book. I'm going to look up who the author is. But it's basically, it's virtual reality has gotten to the point where everybody just lives inside of it all the time, and it's not even worth coming out of it, um, which is, uh, you know, I think it's the way we're headed. We're, we're already in yep. a simulation. Now we're about to make our own simulation. So, you know. Another great book, if you'd like that sort of thing, which uh, we have a lot of geeks who listen to the show, is a book called Ropocalypse. We have a new, we have a new uh, segment on the show. It's uh, What Are We Going to Read? <laughs> what Ro- books do we like? Ropocalypse and Ready Player One. All right, I think it's about time to wrap this thing up. Yeah, it's pretty close. And the, right. the author is, I don't know. Who Thomas Knoll. Oh, Thomas Knoll. <laughs> <laughs> I found a webpage. 
And it doesn't say like the name of okay Amazon. Get over here. All right, yeah. Go ahead and do the outro. So yeah, you can. Stuff. So when he gets all the money in the virtual world, he can have whatever he wants. What's he got? He's got an X-wing fighter. He's got a, Delor- a flying Delorean. Yeah, he's got, it's just just full of '80s references. It is because cool. the guy who designed the virtual world was an '80s kid. All right, uh, let's wrap it up. Don't forget, you can find us online at photobombpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. You can find me online at bureperry.com, and you can find Gary at hughesfioretti.com. Yes, and the author is Ernest Klein. There you go, Ernest Klein, Ready Player One. And be sure and send your questions and comments and concerns to questions at photobombpodcast.com. We'll see you back here next week. All right, see you later. 